0: Today's episode has been sponsored by Books for Kids. Kids deserve a little storytime magic and a lot of laughter on their road to literacy. Books for Kids is dedicated to ensuring that all children have the resources they need to fall in love with reading and meet kindergarten ready. You can visit Books for Kids at booksforkids.org. Books for Kids promotes literacy among preschool-aged children in under-resourced communities by creating libraries in underserved preschools and family homeless shelters and implementing literary programs in order to help children develop the critical early literacy and social-emotional skills they need. The years before age five, when a child's brain develops and a scarcity of books during those years has really devastating consequences. By the age of four, children without books are already behind their peers, which means that intervening before their development trajectory is set is critical. If they're still behind by third grade, they're at risk of failing to graduate from high school. Reading increases language and critical thinking skills, builds vocabulary and phonemic awareness, and strengthens social and emotional learning. These personal narrative and language skills are vital to success in school and beyond. Books for Kids' programs include a dynamic, interactive, and magical storytime, book lending, and a a build-a-home library program where children are given several books to keep each year. They currently manage 50 libraries across the country, more than half of which are in New York. Their libraries are lending libraries stocked with an opening collection of 800 to 1,000 brand new books that is replenished regularly. Please check out Books for Kids, and thanks for sponsoring our episode. Megan Wagner-Lloyd and Michelle Mee-Nutter are the author-illustrator team behind Allergic, a graphic novel. Megan is the author of several picture books, including Paper Mice, Building Books, Finding Wild, and A Fort Building Time. She lives in the Washington, D.C. area. Michelle Mee-Nutter graduated with a BFA in illustration from the Massachusetts College of Art and Design. Her work has been recognized by the Society of Illustrators, 3x3 Illustration, Creative Quarterly, and more. Michelle lives in Boston. Welcome to Megan and Michelle. I am so excited to have you both on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss Allergic.
1: Yay! Yay! Thank you so much.
2: I'm so excited.
0: So we have Megan Wagner Lloyd and Michelle Me Nutter here. So let's start with Megan. And I just want you to introduce yourself and then Michelle, you go. So listeners can just hear whose voice is who as we're discussing this book.
2: Okay, great. Yeah. I'm Megan Wagner Lloyd. I'm the author of Allergic and I've also written four picture books that are out. And I just love to write. And I'm always working on a new project and I have upcoming projects as well. I have a novel coming out next year. So I just, I'm an author who's just totally obsessed with writing. Well, that's the best kind of author there is. Wait, okay, you,
0: can't, you have to now that you've teased us. What is your novel that's coming out next year?
2: It's called Haven, the Story of a Cat. It's a kid's novel about a cat whose owner falls sick and the cat, they live out in an isolated area. So the cat has to go out on an adventure to try to get help. Oh, I love it.
0: <laughs> Excellent. Amazing. Okay. Michelle, Michelle yeah. Me Nutter.
1: Yes. So I'm the illustrator for Allergic and I live in Boston with my four roommates and our own cat. And I really fell into this project and it was my first step into publishing. And since then, I've done a picture book with America's Test Kitchen called Peyton Picks the Perfect Pie. It is a <laughs> mouthful and I'm working on another picture book and two graphic novels as well.
0: Wow. Thanks so much. <laughs> it's so much. That's great. Did you two know each other before this project, or did you get paired up somehow?
1: No, we got paired up. I actually went to a children's book writers and illustrator conference in LA, and that's where I met Megan's agent, and she loved my work and wanted to. To pair me up with Megan for Allergic. And I remember being unsure if I wanted to take on a huge project like this because graphic novels are so much work. And she just sent me the sample chapters and she was like, just think about it. There's no pressure. I was on the plane ride home and I read it. And the second the plane landed in Boston, I knew I had to be a part of it. I loved it so much.
2: Yeah, it was so great. Lots of times with books, then the illustrator and the author are paired like after the text has already been purchased. So like by the the illustrator will be chosen by the publisher. But in this case, then my agent was like, Oh, maybe let's try to like put something together beforehand, which is unusual but I was like yeah like let's let's give it a try it sounds fun so I had only written part of the manuscript and then we were kind of like looking at portfolios and thinking about it but nothing was really clicking and then she showed it to Michelle and it was just like very serendipitous that <laughs> we could end up working together so, joke around yeah. saying it's our
1: cute meat like it's a
0: movie yeah. <laughs> do you are you guys going to do any projects together in the
1: future Yes, we're actually working on a graphic novel right now together that's not a sequel to Allergic, but it is the same format, middle grade readers. Oh, but not
0: the same characters. I, oh, no. I got very attached to these characters. I would <laughs> like to see them back. So I actually don't usually do graphic novels on the show. I've only done a handful, but I am allergic to dogs and now have a dog and my kids are allergic to many things. And so this book, and for some reason this book was sent to me multiple times and I was like, it's a sign. Not that other people should send me books multiple times. <laughs> If if you're listening, but I was just like, this book is so up my alley. And of course, now my kids can enjoy it as well. And it was really heartwarming in so many ways. I mean, it's not just about being allergic, which of course many kids struggle with, but the friendship piece and the kind of like, why did you drop me today? And when people aren't able to express their feelings, and you just so captured why some of the what might be perceived as meanness of the middle school years is actually based on your own. Emotions and insecurity, and and issues, and like the communication issues between girls, and even the sibling relationships. I mean, there's so much in here. The new baby coming, <laughs> that scene where like the siblings together. Where now I'm gonna forget all their names. Let me just, just Maggie is holding one of her twin little brothers' yes. hands in the middle of the night, who's sad to sleep. Oh my gosh, that was so precious. So tell me a little more about the story and all the different facets of it, and what inspired it, and all. Also, which of you, if either, are allergic to anything, or is that just a? Are either of you allergic to dogs or cats or anything? Or take it
1: hey, away, Megan. This is okay. <laughs> your time to shine.
2: That's right. So the story idea definitely came to me because I'm allergic to animals with fur or feathers, and I also have a lot of other different allergies of all kinds. But I. I thought it'd be really well. I I kind of felt bad. I didn't want to give Maggie too much to deal with, so I was like, I'll just focus on the animal allergies. That's like enough. And I also just felt like it could be a really good, like, central thing to build the book around. I feel like almost all kids can either relate to like having a pet or really wanting a pet. It's just one of those almost universal childhood experiences. So. Yeah, at first, I mean, it's not like when I was growing up, I was like, wow, I should write a book about being allergic to animals. Like I would never have thought that would be of interest to anyone. It seemed like something, you know, more negative or boring about me, something that was just like a pain in my life. And then when I started visiting schools in my picture books, then I like had a little Q&A at the beginning where I would like have facts about myself and kids could guess what the answer was just to get to know me a little bit and one of the things I put in there was like what kind of pet do I have and then I'd be like oh no I don't have any cuz I'm allergic and it was really interesting to me how fascinated kids were with this and then how many kids had some type of allergy so That's kind of where I first got the idea that combined with seeing uh, graphic novels really taking off and just getting so interested in them and really wanting to write one. And I was like, wait a minute, this could really work for the graphic novel format. So that's where the allergy elements came from. All the experiences Maggie has are like based on experiences I had or like the emotions i had with having allergies but it's all just kind of rearranged and jumbled up from my real life like the setting the characters none of that is really like from my life and things are out of order like she gets allergy shots in the book but you know i didn't do that till i was like 30 so so i just took all that and kind of blended it up with fiction and created the story that way and maybe Michelle, if you want to talk about some of the friendship elements. Yeah, because
1: I, I that was the part that I really gravitated towards because I, I feel really fortunate that I don't have allergies. The only thing that I'm allergic to is like basic pollen and like seasonal allergies, but that's pretty much typical. But what I really resonated with was kind of feeling like an outcast and wanting to find a, the perfect friend and wanting to try so hard to like make a space for yourself. And the, her dynamic with Claire really, you know, jumped out to me just from my own experience. So it was fun to draw those experiences and kind of put in a little bit of my own history of my, my own feelings and my own experiences with friends growing up.
0: Oh, wow. Well. Well, it's so well done. And now as you guys were talking, I was thinking, and not that you need more plans or anything, but this would also be really great in picture book format because, you know, my little guys, I have a six and seven year old who actually that's not, my six year old actually really likes graphic novels already. He's like a big dog man fan. All of that. So good. But it, would also, it would also work so cute as a picture book. <laughs> have you thought about adapting it to that as well? Or is it just one and done type of thing?
2: I don't know. Have I, you? I, I, you should know. <laughs> so this is a brand new idea. I should
0: do it. It's like it's so cute. Even this cover, you know, just do the same thing and just the few scenes and then like moms read it when they're having a new baby and maybe you have like a mom in the back. Or, okay, I'll stop. I'll stop. Not that you needed enlightening. Like,
1: I like the idea. I'm I'm a big fan of more projects, even though I probably shouldn't be, but I always love that idea.
0: <laughs> oh, well it's so cute and honestly the characters, like, it's just so well done. The drawings are amazing. And the story is amazing. And like, literally, I'm reading it. My husband's like, um, are you reading a comic book? And I was like, like, no, it's this amazing graphic novel. And it's so good. I like, couldn't put it down. I read the whole thing like cover to cover in one sitting. So it was really good. And it's not just for kids. It's also a great reminder for parents of middle graders. What it's like in case we forget, which we don't often do. But you know, if you need like just a great reminder, this is such a time and place. Mm-hmm moment that I thought was really great.
1: I I think that's what makes graphic novels so wonderful is that you can pick them up and read them in one sitting and you can see so much of yourself and the people that you care about. And if you're a parent, you can see so much of your kids' lives kind of like sprinkled in because it's true to their experience and it really resonates with them. So you get to
0: understand your children in a new way too. I also love this whole crazy family versus the quiet family. (laughs) Which type of family did both of you grow up in? Mine was the
2: quiet. <laughs> yeah, mine was definitely the wild family because <laughs> it was even even bigger than Maggie's. I have five brothers and sisters. So wow. yeah, there's always something going on.
0: <laughs> and what number are you? I'm the third.
1: And I'm the second. Okay. I just have a brother.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I, I'm one of two, but I had four. So I've like seen it both ways. And the quiet house next door always seems like a nice <laughs> a nice thought <laughs> in, in sort of the craziness. But let's go back to the allergy piece, because that's also super interesting. Tell me a little bit about more about your own allergies and also what you've seen from all those kids in the, in the you know, in those forums for your picture books. I've spent a lot of time researching allergies and thinking about it and having, you know, experiences, myself and my kids. So tell me a little bit more about that piece and and all of that.
2: Yeah. So I'm allergic to the animals, to pollen, to dust, some other things, but I had like kind of unusual allergies growing up. I put that a bit in the book with Maggie having so many skin reactions. Mm -hmm. So I had like an unusual amount of skin reactions, even to like seasonal allergies. And so they couldn't really figure it out. So then we were like going to the dermatologist. So like it was clear with the animals, like an interact with animals, I would be allergic. But when I'm just like having these rashes during pollen season, it wasn't always clear like, oh, this is from pollen. So it was actually this big confusion to figure out for many years and finally really got like the right medication, the right everything like in like my late 20s. So that was another reason I didn't want to like make it a memoir because I was like, I'm not going to have this (laughs) character have to wait until her late 20s. I was like, I will give her the answers earlier. So Yeah. It just kind of was always a struggle because they would just kind of randomly get worse different times. I think it would depend on like the age too, as I grew up, because I think allergies can be affected by like hormones and stuff. So yeah, it was just, it was just kind of a struggle, but I would say that definitely writing the book was cathartic in that way. And I, I do feel like, I, I can't remember. I said this for some other interview or something like I like I played a trick on the universe. Like I took this thing that was always just like a pain in the neck and like made this like fun book out of it. <laughs> and it's just kind of satisfying.
0: <laughs> I think that's a good place to start for people looking to write books. Like take the part of yourself that you're most annoyed at and like try to turn it into something else. And that's probably not a bad place to start.
2: <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I just, I have kids. I have. One of my kids especially inherited a lot of my allergies and I saw, you know, going through school, you see how allergies are like a lot more a part of kids' lives than like even when I was growing up, you know, there's like the peanut free table that did not... Exist in like schools that I went to, and just kids in general seem more aware of it. And I know, you know, allergies have been on the rise. There's different theories as to why. So it's just something that has always affected some people and seems to be affecting more and more people, and often in very different ways and at like different levels of severity. So that's why I wanted to include the character. Um, Sebastian that Maggie makes friends with, because I wanted to show that there are these different challenges, that it's not all a uniform experience. And, you know, some things with allergies are harder than others. So I wanted to give just like a little bit of a window into how that is too, with people with like serious food allergies, because that's not something that I've experienced or that Maggie has.
0: Yes, I've been in the ER multiple times with my kids for food allergies, and then I had allergy shots. But I, I started at age 12 or 13, and I had them for like three straight years. But now I feel like people don't do that as much. I feel like I should call my allergist and be like, "Wait, how, what about allergy shots? Like, maybe my kids should be getting those, <laughs> but they're not." I don't know. But it does seem like everybody has allergies to something, and it does make you really wonder about the environment more and what is it we're doing. And like, was I too stressed when I was pregnant, or like, what is it that caused? it and all the different ways, right? Like as you were saying, the different symptoms and how aggravating they are. I don't know. Do you, you, from your position as sort of a sufferer and a parent of, and even as now an illustrator of, do you find yourself drawn to some of the research or what we can do to prevent allergies or any sort of systemic approach to it?
1: I never thought Until this conversation, until just this (laughs) moment, I never thought this was something that could be brought on like other than just like random acts of geneticism that like happens throughout (laughs) like your human body. I'm just like, oh, everybody has some form of allergy. It's just part of life. So I think now I'm going to go into like a Google wormhole. (laughs) And you can look into it more. Let me know what you find. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I learned so much from illustrating because I I never experienced this and I never thought to look into it. And, you know, that's shame on me for not educating myself more. But when I was researching and clicking all the links that Megan sent me for reference, it kind of opened up my world to like being more empathetic towards this process because I've never seen it.
2: Yeah, I don't know as far as solutions. I mean... I know that climate change is supposed to potentially make allergies a lot worse because of like warming temperatures and then even like make indoor allergies worse for people because of like increased rainfall and then like there's like more mold. And so there are, you know, so like (laughs) obviously there's so much that needs to be done there. I don't know. I feel like there's all these things health-wise with the immune system That need a lot more research. Um, There's like a lot of autoimmune diseases and allergies. And there's so much, I mean, science is amazing. And there's so much we've learned about health in even just like the last hundred years. But in some areas, it seems like there's still so much farther we could go to figure it out. I did like look into a lot of the scientific aspects writing the book. And then we had a scholastic had an allergist read it and give feedback as well to make sure we were being accurate. But then I'm not super great with like fact retention. So (laughs) I have forgotten a lot of the stuff that I looked up. And this is why I'm not a writer of nonfiction.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Michelle, tell me a little bit about your process of illustrating this. How did you do this? There's so many drawings here. And what, like, how did you do it all on the computer by hand? Like, tell me the whole process. Yeah,
1: I learned every step of the way because I've never done anything on this scale before. Anything I'd done was small, short stories, like one or two pages of comics. I never had to think about continuity with these characters through hundreds of pages. So what ended up happening was they started shifting over time. And what I initially did to start was make character sketches, get the feel of the characters and the family. And then once that was set, I stuck them up on my wall. And then I started sketching on just regular computer paper and pencil. And once I kind of finalized those, sent them in for edits and then got notes. And then I went to digital and that required using both my iPad and my Cintiq. It's this big tablet that you can draw on. It's magic. It's wonderful. And, and just kind of, it was like a layering process. You refined more and more. And it's the same with writing where you have your rough draft and your outline and then you edit and then you flesh it out and then you edit again. So it's just the same, just with drawing. And I actually used a colorist for this process. What There are two terms called a flatter and a colorist. And I ended up using two flatters that basically fill in all of the flat shapes of color. So I don't have to do that tedious work because it takes a lot of time, but it's very common in the industry. And it was a cool thing that I didn't really think that, you know, independent comic artists could use and utilize. So that was a fun part of the process. There was so much learning. <laughs>
0: wow. But now look at that. You're a graphic novel illustrator and you can like, (laughs) there you go on the road. That's amazing. (laughs) And what about you, Megan, for the writing? What was your process like?
2: Well, one of the longest parts for me was like getting from the initial idea to having a really firm plan for how the book was actually going to play out. Like I had the idea, but then I like wrote a few chapters and I was like, how much do I make this like me and my experience should it be a memoir? Should it be fiction? I was like, well, I don't, I don't even like writing memoir stuff. Why would I do that eventually? <laughs> but I just love fiction. But yeah, that probably took me about a year from when I had the idea to when I was like, okay, I, I figured out the characters, the general setup, you know, how I'm gonna make this book, and then I had written a couple chapters. We had a plan. Was so incredibly lucky to be able to work with Michelle and then we like put together the whole pitch and sold it that way with some of her art and some of my writing already there and then it sold really fast and it was so exciting and then I was like okay I gotta like write the (laughs) the rest of the script and so Michelle can get drawing more and I definitely felt like a little like like I can't believe like You know, we're doing this. I can't believe people are trusting me to do this. And because they'd only done smaller projects before. And, but I was like, well, whatever I've been doing so far seems to be working. So I'll just like proceed with that mindset that just like keep this rolling. So then, yeah, it was, I was able to get the script written without too much trouble, you know, just going back and forth with my editor. And then, but then because I'd done picture books before, where usually like you've finished the text and then, you know, they buy it and then it's illustrated and you might make some changes, like for sure, you know, trimming things or rearranging things a bit and stuff. But in my experience, then I hadn't done a lot of changes. So then I, I was kind of surprised, like once we combined the like sketches and the text, then our editor was like, okay, now this is like the new working document. And with every round of the art process, then we would, you know, go through the text every single time and, and the art and make sure everything was working together. And so that ended up being a longer process than I expected, but I was really glad because it was, well, it was just really fun to be involved like every step of the way. And then also it just made everything be like so cohesive and it just felt like we were always able to get stuff where like me and Michelle and our editor, were all, you know, getting to the same page with everything. And so that was longer and different than I had expected going into it since it was my first project this way, but it was really great.
1: It was a lot of fun. It was so much fun.
2: Oh, that's amazing. So two things
0: for both of you. What advice would you have to aspiring authors slash illustrators? And also what would you say to parents who are dealing with their kids' food allergies? And then you can go.
1: Uh, I I guess I'll go. For any aspiring illustrators, just keep drawing. At some point when we're kids, everyone is an artist and everyone is encouraged to be creative. And then I think at some point we get a little bit embarrassed or shy about our work and we kind of put it up to this pedestal where it's like, is this good or bad? And I think at a certain point, people stop creating for fun. And if you just follow the passion and follow the the excitement and the creativity of it, then you're going to unlock new pathways. And the more you practice and the more you keep going, the better that you'll become and the better your eye will be. And you'll just keep ascending, going higher and higher. And so perseverance is key and be like Maggie and just persevere and try new things. And for allergies, I I honestly don't know anything, anything, any advice. I I, I just have empathy and a lot of love for the struggle that kids and their families go through with allergies.
2: Yeah, for aspiring authors, I would say try to finish projects. So it takes, uh, I would say for most published authors, they've made a lot of projects before their published ones that were practice projects. So I think it can be, you can get in a mindset where you're like, always working on something, but never finishing anything because you're like, oh, I had a better idea or, oh, this project doesn't seem that good anymore. Now I'll work on this new one. But I think you can learn so much by seeing a project through to the end and keeping like the faith in it that whole time. Because I think part of the process is learning how to write better. And part of the process is learning how to basically run a marathon of writing a long project. So it's learning how to continue to work on the same thing throughout the periods of discouragement and not giving up. So I would say just try to finish multiple projects and get those, like build those writing muscles so that, and every project's not going to work out. And even after you're published, every project isn't going to work out, but just keep working on it. Try to build really consistent habits and skills. And then for kids with allergies, I would just say that yeah, just I think that it does get better than when you first find out. You can develop a consistent like routine of care. You can have like trusted adults who know what you need. You can see doctors who can help you have the medication you need or the treatment you need. And yeah, just don't be afraid to speak up and let other people know what is okay for you and not. Sometimes people can act kind of like skeptical about allergies, but you know, even when you're a kid, you've talked to your parents, you've talked to your doctor, you know what you can do and what you can't do. And you know, if you can't eat a certain food or, you know, if going in like that house is going to make you sick because they have a cat whatever. So it can be hard, but I think you do need to learn to speak up for yourself because everyone doesn't always treat you like they believe you, but you understand what it is that you can do and not do and what is okay for your body. So I think really just learning to set those boundaries that are really essential for you. That's great. That's Fantastic advice.
0: Very good to remember. Well, thank you, ladies. Thanks for talking about allergic. I loved it. It's so great for any parents or anyone who has. It's not even just if you have allergies. It's for the other kids. It's like if you're having a baby and you have a big fan. It's for everybody. This book is like, for everybody. So anyway, it was great. Congratulations, and start working on the picture book version. And you can just put, <laughs> you can just put me in the acknowledgments. That's all. The, that's all I need.
1: <laughs> thank you so much for having us. This was a lot of fun. All right.